The Ability Co-op is one of the largest student activism groups in the country, promoting awareness and advocating for policy changes to make Trinity Campus an inclusive environment for students with disabilities. Despite only being established in the summer of 2020, we've already secured thousands in funding to support our projects, which include a short film we're producing, this very podcast you're listening to, a training programme we'll be introducing across the country and potentially internationally, and so much more. We're always looking for people to help out wherever they can, whether it be graphic design, social media management, videography, writing, and so much more. So if you're interested in getting involved, reach out to us. You'll find links to all our socials in the show notes below, or you can find us by simply searching for the Ability Co-op. Hi everyone, my name is Had Nazir, and I am currently in my third year in Trinity College studying the Physics Moderatorship. On behalf of Autism Awareness Week, I am very delighted to have the opportunity to be involved in the editing of this podcast for you as part of the Trinity Co-op, which will be now be hosted by yours, one and only Ben Rosen. As a student currently with autism, I want to thank you all for having me. Hi everybody, uh, my name is Ben Rouson. I am a second year student studying physics in Trinity College. And on today's podcast, uh, I'm here to highlight that this week is Autism Awareness Week. And Autism Awareness Week is an extremely important series of dates in uh, the calendar year for colleges because it's an opportunity not just to uh, recognize our fellow friends and colleagues on the autism spectrum within the college community, but it's also a time to just sort of highlight some of the struggles or issues that students with autism might be facing, uh, not just in the era of lockdown, which is uh, exceptional circumstances for all of us, uh, but also um, in a time pre-COVID where college can mean, you know, quite an intense or stressful experience with different smells, different sounds, um, to name just but a few. But um, here to discuss some of these uh, issues here today with me, uh, we have, uh, so we have Jordan Nevin, uh, who is a second year student studying biological and biomedical sciences. Thanks for being with us, Jordan. We also have Chris Masterson, a third year student studying computer engineering, and also Kieran Musullivan, a first year student studying history. First and foremost, guys, uh, thanks so much for taking the time out of your schedules to, to be here today. You know, uh, this is obviously a topic that is close to all of our hearts, but it's important that we uh, take the time to all come together to highlight these issues and just to discuss and see how we can um, target some of them by sharing our experiences and sort of working out plans from there. But uh, I'm not going to waste any more time in terms of uh, introductions. I'm just going to throw out a question and let's see if we can try and get a a discussion going. So um, as I mentioned before, it goes without saying that we're living in exceptional circumstances uh, right now, just in terms of... um, lockdown and just um, all the sort of awkward things that come with lockdown but um, have you guys found in any way that uh, your autism has sort of added anxieties that weren't there previously or amplified sort of pre-existing anxieties that were uh, that were there before Um, so uh, in short, how have you uh, coped with lockdown uh, thus far in, in the college setting? Uh, feel free for anyone to, to throw out a few answers. I think in the college setting, it's like a massive change. And so, the, like, especially like growing up, we're so used to sort of 
in-person teaching and like being in cl- you know, classrooms or lecture halls and you know talking with friends you know in person and that kind of thing and obviously you can't do that at the moment so it's it's been difficult to kind of just adjust to things and especially how I felt is like I do most of my study in my bedroom so it's kind of like my bedroom has become both a workspace and also a recreational space which <laughs> lends to a lot of distractions and yes, a lot of sort yes. of um things that like can easily make me just make me forget about everything college work uh, in terms of a little bit sort of out in terms of like groups of people always found very sort of intimidating and you know scary so like especially nowadays a group of people I just say man it's just a nope and just walk the opposite direction so I guess that's kind of helped in some way but like mostly it's been kind of sort of get trying to sort of adjust it to sort of online work which has been pretty difficult yeah no I I, I relate uh, completely uh, I, I like you uh, the bedroom has become a place of study but also a place of just distractions <laughs> Uh, what about you guys can you relate also as well or what has been your experience thus far yeah it it i find it i find it weird for me because as a first year i don't really have any normal year of college to compare it to so i don't really feel like i'm in college yet i'm more just like watching crash course videos and there are essays i have to do on them from time to time and i think it's exacerbated like various anxieties that I'm not sure would be major issues like in normal college life like Mm -hmm. for instance I cannot stand sending like non-just pure work-related emails to people um but for some assignments in my history course I have to do so like I waited until the very last day I could to set up a zoom meeting for like a peer review thing I had to do for my history course and um, that was mostly because I was so anxious sending the email and it even took the guy whose work I was meant to be reviewing uh, to reach out to me in order to like make that happen. So yeah, those are my experiences. I suppose. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I suppose uh, that's also uh, an issue as well. Again, it's something I've, I've kind of had to struggle with as well in terms of sort of just communicating with people and stuff, particularly maybe when you can't even see them. Uh, I suppose maybe when you're within college and you mm-hmm. pass people all the time, perhaps it's, uh, it's not such a struggle, but yeah, no, I, I, relate, uh, I relate strongly. Um... It's a double-edged sword in a sense, because on the one hand, um, public transport, no, walking around college with all people from tourists to people from other degrees, it's just overwhelming at times, everyone walking. And, but when you're in your own environment, it sort of removes all of that, but then mm. it adds more to it. Like, okay, now just group meetings with people have become even more awkward. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it, trade-offs. You can never have anything that good. Yeah, like, I don't... Yeah. Sorry, Sorry. Um, I don't know what it is about a completely like digitized setting and like having tutorials and stuff in that space that's so different and far more awkward than having it in person. I think maybe it's because of the inflexibility that a Zoom call brings, like you can't break into smaller groups easily or something like that. 
but it's something psychological and it makes those interactions really difficult for me. Yeah, I think you've really targeted two things there, Kieran, in the one sentence. Uh, logistics, as you say, in terms of the way a call works or breaking up into groups or simply just the sheer act of communicating with people. And psychology as well, the very act of actually dialing into a call. You're like, oh, my God, am I going to be put on the spot and asked a particular question or yada, yada, yada. It, it's just... Um, yeah, I mean, it's a completely different kettle of fish uh, as opposed to a setting outside of lockdown. And that kind of leads on to my next question. Uh, Kieran. I appreciate that perhaps this next question might be a bit difficult for you to answer considering you don't know uh, any different. But if we take a, a situation outside of lockdown, a normal college setting, which maybe you've had a, a little experience with already if you, you've been on campus once or twice. But uh, what is a college experience like for someone um, on the autism spectrum, speaking generally here, um, if, if I can. Don't oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 think away, think away. Like, obviously, it's such a difficult question to ask at this point because it's been so long since we've been in the sort of normal college. Sure, setting. it's I mean, great. It's, it's been 84 years (laughs) no i mean seriously it does to me it feels that long i mean it's absolutely ridiculous but um uh, let me rephrase the question like an idealized setting where you go in on the bus or the dart and you get in and then you're in this huge space and these huge lecture halls with so many people and there's a lot of uh, like, I don't know what your experience uh, with sort of sensory difficulties is, but for me personally, um, it's been quite a struggle when I started in Trinity College. It was all these new smells and new sounds and it was such a wide open space and the lecture halls are absolutely massive, but by God, they fill them up. You know, and that, that, that's something that I was just completely unaccustomed to and I wasn't ready for it either. I was like, goodness me, I don't even know if I can cope with this. It was just so many people and so many things to take in all at once. And from a sensory point of view, it was very difficult for me. Um, do you guys maybe find, uh, again, obviously in a lockdown setting, it, it's not quite the same. But would you guys be able to relate in that way? Or do you find maybe your struggles maybe lie in other sort of areas? Kind of, like... I remember, I remember when I was in able to go into college, like what I liked the most was sort of like an establishment of kind of like a routine. What's kind of like, okay, I can do, I have lectures at, let's say 10, 12 and four, we'll say. We'll just say like, okay, between, the, between 12 and four, I can go to the gym. I can get some lunch. I can, ha- you know, hang out with a friend, you know, that kind of thing. It's able to give me more of like a, a time scale for things and yeah. sort of more structured sort of routine. Um, granted, most of my lectures took place off campus in uh, Goldsmith Hall, so hmm. it was in- that was place was interesting. But Goldsmith Hall sucks. It's oh, <laughs> it, 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 I I love it. I miss it, but I'm glad I'm not there both at the same time. It's but, like, go sorry, um, Goldsmith Hall is just not great when it comes to sound. So as someone who finds it hard to take in information all at once, like I'm listening to you, but there's gaps in the conversation that I may need you to repeat. And when you have sound issues, and that also happens on online, you get interference, stuff like that. Um, 
it becomes very hard to keep up. Yeah, I think that's something worth targeting, uh, uh, Chris. I think you touched on something there as well. Because you are dealing with so many people and so much material, things can either go wrong or don't work from the, the word go. I, I certainly found the acoustics in, let's take an example and say the Goldsmith Hall weren't great. And suddenly you have to sort of either sort of fine tune your hearing or sit nearer the front or something. And sometimes these sort of common sense things, I certainly found this, they wouldn't occur to me initially. So I'd be sitting at the back of the lecture hall for months or weeks at a time, say, and you're like, uh, Ben, just sit near the front, problem solved. And I'm like, well, yeah, I didn't think of that. Uh, but, you know, I think that was an issue for me uh, anyway. But um, I also like the point that Jordan highlighted as well uh, in terms of, uh, I think, just the flexibility. Like, yes, you have a lot of free time, but that doesn't mean, you know, it is a free-for-all, you know, you can lay down your routine, you might have a lecture in the morning, then maybe not have another lecture for a couple of hours, you're like, okay, I'll sit in the library for a while, then I'll grab lunch, then's your next lecture, and you might have a tutorial or whatever, and that flexibility, you know, uh, I mean, it's part of the essence, I suppose, of college life, uh, and maybe that's one of the reasons why lockdown was such a bummer, because that routine and that flexibility, um, sort of thrown out the window, I guess. It's much harder to, not necessarily to put it in place, but to keep it in place is another matter uh, entirely. And um, obviously we dis we've discussed, uh, discussed a lot of perks, but also a lot of uh, issues um, that have arisen, uh, sort of predicaments or struggles, and, you know, that can, uh, I suppose, heighten anxiety, etc. And honestly, that kind of leads on to my next question in terms of sort of strategies or coping, uh, coping mechanisms when these problems arise or when your anxiety is heightened, how do you deal with that situation? How do you cope? Uh, and I think this is an important question to ask because it'd be very interesting to see how you guys approach it or in some ways how you guys don't approach it. I suppose that's, that'll be the interesting aspect to this question. So yeah, in, in short, um, how do you deal with the anxieties that come with uh, college life as a student on the autism spectrum? It's one of the things I've I've kind of employed either also sort of like on campus and off has just been just some time to myself to kind of just get things right in my head. Like sometimes I would just say, okay, yeah, I need to go to the gym for like an hour, just pop, pop in my music, be by myself, that kind of thing. Like if I'm off campus, they'd be like, okay, want to go on a bit of a of a walk? And like I'd either take my phone with me to listen to some music, or I just leave my phone at home and they just go on a walk for like an hour or so, just try clear my head and, you know, think about things. And like, when I come back to my walk, it's kind of like, okay, they're in the past. Now I'm focused on what's in front of you. Uh, I guess another thing as well that I've sort of adapted, like when I do get anxious about like, let's say week ahead, I've like, for example, this week, three lectures, this is not three lectures, three practicals. I'm like, oh, that's not fun. You know, just like do out a plan for yourself. Let's say, okay, I want this done by, Thursday I'm on this done by Saturday and then like one can bleed over to sort of next week and you know because it's due next week and the other one that's due next week next Friday that can sort of bleed over and like you don't have to really focus as much on that so sort of, sort of trying to create like a, a plan for myself and trying to um get things right in my head that's really how I try and cope with things yeah, I think that's a great philosophy to have, um, Jordan. That's certainly um, what I try to do, actually, maybe more so during lockdown rather than out of it, but just to, in terms of planning, 
I find if I have stuff written down and I have them done for a particular day or on a certain day, that my mind is just more at ease. It's on paper, therefore it's not forgotten about and it will get done. Uh, and I also like as well what you said about taking time to yourself. Um, that was sort of a revelation to me about halfway through first year. I was sort of always under the impression that when we didn't have lectures, I had to be with my friends, whether that be in the buttery or in the library. But I now I know, like, no, if I need a few couple of hours to myself, then I'll make that time. And I'll, as you say, go to the gym or study in the library or take a walk or whatever. Uh, I don't know if um, you guys, Chris or Kieran, uh, if you have adapted similar coping mechanisms yourself or you have different ways of, of going about it. Yeah, um, it's fair, fair just to go on walks, be with friends, then be by yourself. I think the attic room in the library is a good spot at times just because yeah, very good. it's yeah, yeah. such a myself environment. Because for me, if there's awkward silence in a group, I'm like, I should probably say something because this is too awkward. But with the attic, it's mostly just you or someone else. And they're actually looking away from you sometimes, most of the time. Sorry. So it removes that awkwardness for me. And of course, there is um, I recommend the chaplaincy as well for a cup of tea just to sit down because there's very few people there except that lunchtime on Tuesdays or currently because obvious reasons for obvious, obvious. Mm-hmm. But and my Nintendo Switch have a hobby with you, game. No, good man. No, honestly, it, it can be as simple as that. Just having the hobby that you can come back to uh, at whatever point, I think is important as well. I think it comes back to Jordan's point as well about you know taking that time out to yourself. May not necessarily be studying or walking. It could be whatever, being on your Nintendo Switch or uh, watching a series on Netflix. Whatever it is, it can be as simple as that. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything overly fancy or or complicated at all. And um, so yeah, absolutely. And um, before Kieran, if he wants to, of course, um, says anything. Um, in terms of managing anxiety, I do think maybe college staff and TAs could do uh, a little bit better job. Like I've had um, one bad experience with a TA. I'm not going to name drop anyone um, during the lockdown. And I just feel like that maybe TA should um, at least be aware that people may have these hidden disabilities that they're not exactly comfortable and sort of help them or maybe they're trained to help. I don't know because sometimes I wish I could just leave a lecture hall or a, a tutorial just for two minutes just to take a breather. But I have that stigma of they're watching me leave and enter. Oh, Actually, I'm really glad you mentioned that, Chris, because that was going to be my very next question. But before I actually ask it, uh, Kieran, did you want to add anything onto that, what either Jordan or Chris just said? Or do you find you've had strategies yourself that you've adapted that have really come in useful? Well, my original thoughts towards this question was like, if I knew, I'd tell you. But <laughs> I okay. mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just I just find it super difficult. Like I suppose what Chris was saying, um, I often go to a library because I have no lectures on Tuesday. I go to the library, although it's already overbooked, so I probably shouldn't be plugging it that much. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, and that certainly does help, especially with the easy access to resources and um, for my essays and all. Um, also, um. 
in my course, there's a lot of hour-long gaps between lectures, more so in last semester. So I'd like to uh, play video games on my computer for that, for those like short gaps, which kind of helps me relax and de-stress from one lecture to another. And yeah, yeah other than that's... that, I don't really have any other ideas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Appreciate. Obviously, it's a bit uh, of a different scenario for yourself, having never experienced college in the normal or, or idealized setting but uh, again it, it can be as simple as that as well so that, that's a really great insight um but more just coming on the back of what Chris was saying purely because it does lead on to my next question I mean the student to lecture relationship I think is a complicated one regardless of what course you're in whether you're on the autism spectrum or not uh, because uh, purely for that reason one because uh they differ not just from course to course but obviously from say the student to teacher relationship in secondary school to the student to lecture relationship in college and i don't know what your experience obviously i chris gave an example himself but i always found in physics that the lectures are kind of like sort of demigods i felt i couldn't ask a question without sounding even just a little bit stupid in that sort of way. Um, but I'm going to throw the question out there. I'm not going to talk too much. What is your experience, guys, of uh, interacting with, now this could be lecturers, tutors, anyone of that, um, of that nature? I think I've only had like one bad experience with, with, with a lecturer when they, uh, it was about the topic of, um, autism and it was, they were sort of like neglecting talking about sort of autism in women which is an important topic to talk about but they did apologize in the end but minus that like I have had either non-existent to good um, interactions with my, with my lecturers um, in particularly I'd say one one person that easily jumps out at me is like is uh, Dr. Vincent Kelly he, he was very very good with with one of my um lab, one of my lab practicals last semester and minus that you know minus like the couple of people with i kind of just like have non-existent relationships but like yes i do you know go to lectures and you know that kind of thing but i wouldn't really ask them questions wouldn't really interact with them too much and i'm not sure why it's, it's kind of just a thing where just like as soon as i finish a lecture i just want to you know, type of my notes, put it behind me, and then get ready for the next one. So, I don't really have any like good relationships, but I don't really have any sort of bad ones that I can talk that I have to talk sure. about either. Sure, just neutral. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, does anyone else have anything else to, to add to that before I slightly rephrase the question? We're going to stay roughly on the same topic, but uh, does anyone else have anything to add? Um, I suppose lockdown has very much weaken the relationship between student and lecturer. Agreed. Yeah. Because yeah, it's just being a face on a screen might as well like be a 10-year-old YouTube video or something. Um, mm. There is nothing like the personality that comes from a face-to-face -face interaction, especially in things like tutorials. Also, there's like no before and after and office hours are a lot more awkward because you have to like play, uh, you, you I don't know. You can't get like the vibe of the place. I can't really describe it. 
Um, no, I know exactly what you're on about. I suppose like the rest of us have something to go by because we literally have a before and after. Here was us in, uh, out of lockdown. Here's us in it. And no, you're right. You're right. Um, I would totally second pretty much everything you just said there. And it, it is a real struggle. Um, and on that, again, I'm not going to leave the topic. So just in case any of you had something to say but didn't get a chance to say it, I'm just sort of going to flip the question now. What would you like to see from lecturers or staff to maybe either alleviate some of those problems that you've literally just mentioned to me, or just to make the experience that little bit easier or a bit more uh, engaging. And again, you can interpret this either way. This can either be within the lockdown setting or in the normal setting that we'd be in. Uh, but what would you like to see from lecturers and tutors? I guess with most of my lectures this year, they've all been sort of pre-recorded. So that like they were, you know, pre-recorded by lecture before and they put up on Blackboard and said, okay, if you have any questions, email me or you can ask me in a tutorial. I'd like sort of a bit more engagement, maybe like one or if it's more than, or if it's like a lot of lectures, maybe two lectures where they are sort of live on, on like either Zoom, Blackboard Collaborate, whatever, where you can, you, you can ask questions and there's a bit more interaction with the class. Let's say you can do like polls or you know, anonymous, obviously anonymous polls or anonymous questions and answers board. Uh, in particular, one of my lecturers uh, last year, Nicola Marples, uh, she did something similar to that. And it, I found her le her lectures a lot more sort of engaging and a lot more that like, OK, I'm excited to go to this rather than like a tutorial where like I didn't really want to ask questions because they weren't really anonymous. So I like to see a bit more sort of, yes, anon anonymized. Is that a word? Anonymized, anonymous um, interactions sure, with sure. Uh, lecturers, yeah, yeah, yeah. but obviously a bit more sort of like engagement with them and also with the college material as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just like to second what Jordan said. Like when you ask a lecturer a question in a Zoom call, that's your name by it. You have to stick by it mm -hmm. and people will judge you as a result of that question. It's the whole thing. It's kind of terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I, yeah, and one of my lectures last semester, Ruth Paris, uh, did a lot of that sort of interaction. Like she did a lot of polls, a lot of like one question posed to everybody. And it really, it really had the effect of like engaging people in the lecture a lot better. Yeah, I like that layout as well. But I think like that for me, it has to be anonymous because if I'm put on the spot yeah, by a yeah, tutor absolutely. in a tutorial, I, I can't, I just completely freeze. Um, so, and that's something from an autism perspective should really be highlighted because I've actually had a real problem with that. Uh, this semester, uh, I just had to say to the, to, the, to the disability services, I mean, look, I'm terrified of going into a tutorial because my name's right underneath. You'd be like, Ben, what's the yada, yada, yada? I'm like, um, and I'm too busy panicking rather than thinking, actually thinking about the question. Um, but yeah, it's, no, it's good to hear from, from you. Especially guys. if that's your only interaction for in that group for one yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, you feel like people are going to use that and then come to very big conclusions about you. Yeah, the worst case scenario almost. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I, and I that means that like one bad tutorial can just completely collapse your morale for like an entire <laughs> yeah. week. And yeah, that's not. And that is very much a thing with online. Yeah. I think a lot of people on the spectrum seem to be struggling with that aspect because, believe me, I mean, it's not the first time I've heard this. I mean, the first 
time I heard of this was from, well, myself, <laughs> but I'm also, like other people have mentioned the fact that they're just terrified to go into a tutorial because of basically what you just laid out there in front of me. And, uh, and I'm, look, I'm no stranger to it as well. I mean, sometimes it's come to the case where I really didn't want to go. And I'm afraid to admit it, in some cases I didn't go. And that's not helpful. It's not helpful for the tutor. It's not helpful for me because I need to be adapting the skills to approach physics problems and all this. So um, you know, it's a matter of what can lecturers do to sort of break down those barriers. Again, you obviously made the good suggestion of uh, anonymity, uh, which I think is something that is being adapted more and more into lectures as well as just tutorials. Um, so it's good to hear from you guys. Um, any other sort of solutions? Ah, Christopher has his hand up. Yes, the main man. <laughs> I have to second what you said about lecturers putting you on the spot. It's it's so nerve-wracking because, and just TAs in general, because like to to us, they're like these people of a higher plane, yeah. someone that could become, but at the moment it doesn't feel likely. And as someone who is considered different i don't like saying that word i'm i think i know where you're coming from though yeah 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 yeah, yeah. no worries <laughs> um, um as someone who wants to try and feel like they belong and this goes for um peer like my own um classmates as well in group work you try and want to belong with them so you want to say i deserve to be here so when you're on the spot and you don't know i just feel panic like if i say something dumb what do they think do i belong here stuff like that it's something I battle with every day, especially when an assignment goes wrong or an assignment um, is not perfect because I'm part of the perfectionist side of the spectrum. And it's it can get overwhelming at times. For sure, yeah. And uh, actually, I might just pass that question over to Jordan and Karen as well, just in terms of your relationship uh, with friends. Because, I mean, I think while I did make friends very quickly in Trinity College, I still find it was something I struggled with in terms of, well, do I deserve to be here? Do I even deserve to be in this peer group, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Jordan, Kieran, uh, maybe you could share. You're in, obviously, you don't have to go overly personal. I'm not going to put you on the spot in terms of, um, like, in that respect. But I think you know the nature in which I'm asking the question. So, um yeah, what are your experiences just with peers and I suppose students in general? I think just given the nature of lockdown, those have kind of been impossible to make those yeah. bonds. Yeah. yeah. Like, I really only talk to the people in the ASD support group, plug that by the way, and yeah. people from my secondary school. Like, I've never felt like there's been any opportunity to make new friends in college. Yeah. Um, as a first year anyway, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, obviously it's awkward um, not being able to be on campus. And I actually have a friend who's studying film in UCD and he pretty much says to me every time the exact same thing that you just said. It's just impossible to make friendships within his course purely because he doesn't bloody see them. Um, so yeah, no, honestly, I I, I feel the struggle. It's uh, And even in my uh, course group now this year, there's not much communication at all between us in lockdown, even though we knew each other from the start of lockdown, I should add. Um, but yeah, Jordan, were you going to say something uh, just there? I'm going to put it across you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess my experience with sort of like my peers in college is I've sort of sort of joined like this sort of like very sort of enclosed sort of friend group. 
that that I've you know stuck with for, that I met in college, like a thing, and just been very good. And, you know, that's you know we all trust each other and help each other out with like assignments and you know if like you know wording like I find wording extremely difficult. And someone would just you know either sit with me or just look over something yeah that looks fine or like you may want to change this or that kind of thing um i guess with my in terms of making friends during the during the lockdown that's been a lot harder like i said it's, uh the as you know i would talk to a lot in terms of my social interaction and being on uh, committees societies has also helped a bit in terms of like making friends just out of the necessity of okay you need to work with these people yeah but yeah, yeah. I, I guess I'm comfortable and I'm happy with the friend groups that I've made and I'm happy that I'm able to sort of maintain like my core friend group throughout um throughout lockdown yeah yeah fantastic well guys it's, I think this is a fantastic insight we've gotten so far just in terms of just how difficult it, it can be uh in lockdown, out of lockdown, uh, to sort of go through the college setting. And again, we've gotten a broad range as well. I mean, obviously, there's sort of problems that sort of maybe we all share just in terms of how we go about our, our day-to-day lives within college uh, as students on the autism spectrum. But it's also interesting to see, you know, where some of the sort of individual's uh, struggles lay in that, you know, there's no one size fits all when it comes to how can, Trinity can help but um, as we come into the latter parts of this um, podcast I'd like to just bring it back a bit and I'm just going to throw out a very simple question uh, if you want to think about it further you can I'll probably blabber on anyway uh, but the question is I suppose what does having autism mean to you and I don't even necessarily mean that within the setting of college although feel free to answer that in that respect also in the respect of the course you're studying or how you interact with people or your interests or whatever. But I'm just going to keep it very general, just throw it out and see what you, you guys come up with. Literally, what does having autism uh, mean to you? I mean, do you find that it's made you a better person in terms of how you interact with other people or honing in on your interests? Or um, Yeah, I'm just going to throw it out there. I want to hear what you guys think. A reason for who I am. That's the best way I can describe it because I'm not going to mince words. For the longest time, and to some extent still now, I do feel like a stranger. It's like, especially around Irish people, because Irish people are like uh, slang words, sarcasm, you know, things that that we may struggle with. So we have to spend extra time to work. Irish people are still great, by the way, just... <laughs> I think I knew the nature in which you were saying it. Yeah, no, no, completely. Yeah. Uh, and again, it sort of comes back to people on the spectrum, maybe misinterpreting sort of ambiguous language. You're like, okay, were they being sarcastic or did they really mean that? Uh, and sadly, with sort of the Irish sort of turn of phrase, uh, that, that, can be a, that can be a problem. It's cer- certainly something I've fallen victim to myself. So no, completely related. <laughs> I guess with me, it's something that I struggled with a lot, especially growing up through like primary and secondary school, because it, it did make me feel like, oh, I'm different from everyone else. You know, I didn't really fit in as, as well as in secondary school. But since I came to college and I've met more people 
who do who do fall under the ASD umbrella, it's given me more reassurance and it's made me more accepting that like, yes, this is a part of me. It has its pros and cons, but as Chris, as Chris said, I wouldn't be me without it. Like, if it weren't for my, you know, diagnosis and like the way I am, I probably wouldn't have got, gotten into Trinity. You know, I probably wouldn't have be sitting here right now talking with you, or like, talk, or like have the friends that I do. So, it, again, it was something I struggled with. I feel a lot more confident in it now, and I, I accept it as like it's part of me. And it's something awesome about me. Well, I think that's a fantastic thing to be able to say, uh, Jordan, uh, genuinely. Uh, Chris, sorry, I could have crossed you there. What were you going to say? Story time. If without oh, time. ASD, <laughs> I wouldn't have attended, because again, I was part of, I'm a third year. I've experienced real college. I didn't experience the Friday before orientation week, so I meet up with people um, who had disability, which means a friend I now, one of my best friends now, wouldn't have saw me. And then I went to the meet the product. And if I didn't go to that one thing because I didn't have autism, like let's say remove all that, I would have struggled in college. But he just conveniently said hi to me. Randomly, he just saw me and said, hey, I remember you from um, that day. And now, yeah. now the rest is history. <laughs> gave me a bit of confidence, met another great friend. That's one friend group. Then that confidence led into another friend group that's part of my computer engineering group yeah. that we all just randomly decided to do computer engineering at the same time it was weird <laughs> and fun it's very convenient no honestly it's funny how things work out like that uh i had a similar case for myself i suppose um you know i've, I've met a lot of people as a result of my autism uh, not the provost unfortunately but um <laughs> i did get a chance to meet uh minister harris uh, worked very closely with um his younger brother, Adam, via As I Am, the autism organization. So um, it, it comes with its perks, <laughs> for sure. Um, Kieran, did you want to add anything there just before I sort of throw out the, the final question and we begin to wrap things up? Yeah, I just, um, I'm only very recently diagnosed. I only got diagnosed in sixth year. Um, so I'm just still kind of wrapping that in my head around the kind of impacts it has on my life. Like, I was very anxious starting this podcast because I didn't know what was a result of autism and what was a result of just regular malaise through um, yeah, yeah. Uh, going to online college. And um, and yeah, I don't really, I, I don't think I fully grasped it um, and its impact. Well, put it this way, I was diagnosed almost 18 years ago, and I still can't grasp it, so you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but no, honestly, it's interesting to hear from this perspective as well, from someone, say, like me, who was diagnosed when he was three, to someone who was diagnosed very, very recently. I mean, do you find that interacting with the likes of us, say, on the autism spectrum has really helped, and it started the process in you sort of not necessarily finding yourself again, but being able to tick a few boxes and say, oh, well, that's what that is. And, oh, do you know, I didn't know that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, especially in like the earlier meetings of the ASD drop-in group, I'm like listening to all the stories you guys say and holy shit, that was me. And I didn't <laughs> understand. I didn't understand anything that was happening yeah, yeah. Um, back in the day, I suppose. And uh, and yeah, it's really it's really helped. Um, but, yeah. 
Well, you know, that's an incredible thing uh, to be able to say. And as I say, I, I think it's fantastic that we're able to see this sort of uh, range now from someone, as I say, I mean, I was diagnosed as a kid, practically. So I, I'm aware that I've lived with it all my life and I've sort of been educated in, in, in that respect to someone who has been diagnosed very, very recently. And maybe in, you sort of felt you sort of hit the ground running in terms of, okay, well, what's this autism thing all about? And um, so obviously we all have different experiences um, of autism um, in that respect. But um, guys, I'm gonna begin to uh, wrap things up here uh, with sort of a, just a final question. Um, and obviously feel free to interpret this in whatever way you want in terms of where you either where you are now within college, mentally, psycho um, psychologically, as well as what year you're actually in, but also just in terms of, um, you know, how you view the college experience. And here, here's the question I want to ask, just as we're beginning to wrap things up. Um, if you were giving advice to a student on the autism spectrum, just starting out in college, who's very nervous about starting and is not sure what to expect, or maybe just someone on the spectrum who's just going through a bit of a rough time at the moment and just isn't quite sure how to make headway, um, what would that advice be? And again, uh, there's no particular order here. Feel free to answer uh, whoever first. I'll obviously chip in myself as well. <laughs> I guess the piece, the best piece of advice I can give is try and reach out. Like college, if you don't have a good friend group, if you don't have people you can talk to, if you don't, if you don't have people that you can sort of have a laugh with or that or that kind of thing, it is a very lonely place. Sure. So I would sort of encourage anyone who. Is going through a tough time or anyone who is you know just starting college who, who does fall under the asd umbrella to just try and reach out even like we said contact as well like the, the disability service they are very helpful with helping with, with encouraging you to try to reach out and talk to people and joining groups and and that kind of thing so like you need friends and you need people you can sort of count on and rely on so if you do that then everything becomes a bit less scary and a bit less anxious. Sure, sure. A bit less of a hassle. Yeah, absolutely, Jordan. I can second that myself. I definitely found I've been able to sort of, um, you know, sort of lean on other people, in not even necessarily in terms of the coursework, but just in terms of morale as well. Just like, you know, how do you stay motivated? Or, God, I, I didn't know that was your story. Well, I actually had an experience recently, uh, just before uh, Chris and Kieran. Um, give their advice. I had an experience recently where uh, one of my very good friends uh, in the course, he is a, he's, a, he's a legend in his own right, Robert, but uh, you know, he was sort of explaining the story to me of you know, how he um, sort of you know, got motivated in, in, into physics and just uh, you know, how he sort of is set up uh, the way he is now. You know, I'm obviously not going to go into details, but I was just so heavily inspired. I was like, if I hadn't met you now, I wouldn't have heard that story, you know, and I would have nothing to go on in terms of me getting out of the the rut I'm in, the inverted commas rut. I mean, I wouldn't quite say I'm in a rut, but you know, suffice it to say that for me anyway, it's not exactly plain sailing at the moment. And I'm sure some of you guys can relate as well. Um, but um, yeah, uh, again, uh, I'm trying to back now to, to Chris and Caroline in terms of, you know, uh, advice you would give uh, to people maybe struggling at the moment or just a student on the spectrum who was starting out 
who'd be quite nervous or whatever. They'll all answer at once. <laughs> <Wait first. laughs> I was waiting for Kira I, I got all day. Okay, maybe maybe our <laughs> listeners haven't, but uh, <laughs> we, we've got all day. I don't have all day. I have assignments coming up very soon. It's oh, lovely. No. <laughs> yeah, they love overworking us in the computer engineering. Um, I'm not going to say there isn't a lot of luck in it. There is. I mentioned the story of my friend. That was a lot of luck. But I also, along with people quite well and people are willing to listen both professors TAs and students like when I said that oh maybe they should be trained or something like that I'm not putting them under the bus it's just um we might not we find it hard to maybe well I least find it hard to approach people once I'm in the conversation the problem is I'm too anxious for it to end so I keep it going and then you gotta <laughs> slow down a bit but make sure you're kind of about hey we don't want to listen to you Instead of going, hey, we don't want to listen to you because you obviously have things to do, but don't say it like that. And we'll say it because we're, we're blunt. At least I'm blunt. But- <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. The social interaction thing can be a, a bit of a tricky thing to master, particularly when there are a lot of people in the group at once and there's different personalities and stuff. And uh, But no, I, I, I completely relate. Yeah, yeah. You'll blend in, trust me. If I can make it true college and social environments, Trust me, you can make it. Good man. That's uh, that's uh, some very nice parting words there, Chris. I, I appreciate that a lot. Uh, and uh, Kieran, the, the last man standing. I mean, just pretend <laughs> I'm not here. Uh, you're the last man standing. Uh, what advice would you give to maybe uh, a student starting out or a student just sort of going through a rough time? Uh, again, like I, I, I obviously have less experience than anybody else here sure. yeah, when yeah, it yeah. comes to these uh, when it comes to these matters um, but for online college I just say don't don't let things that happen online like a bad assignment you do or that's bad in your eyes might not be um, in actuality or just an awkward interaction tutorial don't let those kind of define what you are now i'm miserably failing at this advice in my own time but... <laughs> oh, no, there's no worries, no worries. <laughs> so i am currently being very hypocritical but <laughs> at the same time um at the same time yeah don't let that sort of thing those sort of things find you um, yeah i think it all sort of comes back to the whole thing either jordan or chris mentioned or possibly both of you just a single sort of morale you know maybe i think maybe what you're trying to say is if i understand you correctly Kieran, you know don't let the sort of the little things add up to sort of one whole big thing and that let that drag you down i mean i even myself found out a problem um when i was starting this semester in, in lockdown it's just these little things that were annoying me and then just dragging me down i'm like oh my god and fr- frankly the first semester did kind of um tear me apart in that respect but now i know you know i kind of tried to follow the advice that you've literally just given now and go you know don't sweat the little things you know they'll either sort themselves out or if it becomes a bigger problem we manage it we put it down our, on paper or we discuss it with a friend or whoever uh occupational therapist or a chaplain or a counselor or whoever they may be so long as they're your support unit where you can alleviate the pressure and break down the problem and so no yeah that's great advice uh, kieran genuinely um any last things um that any of you would like to add before um i just give my final word and, and and thank our listeners 
Final S word. just up some final word. Final word. <laughs> I'll go in at once. Okay. Um, either maybe Chris or Jordan was first. I'm not sure, but whoever. You go first, Chris. Uh, yeah, I just made a joke. Final word. Here's my final word. <laughs> final yes. word. Yes. Thanks, Chris. I, yes. I think I think you've spoken on behalf of all of us, Chris. So for that, I thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, anything else, Jordan or, or Kieran, before we uh, we wrap up here? No, it's okay. all good. Fantastic. Well, um, first and foremost, uh, or lastly, rather, <laughs> I'd like to thank all our listeners today. Uh, obviously, as I say, Autism Awareness Week is an important series of dates in the calendar year because it's a time for us just to, again, highlight some of these issues, but to recognize that, again, not being boastful or anything, but we're awesome, <laughs> you know, and uh, just to say, maybe if I could give my own piece of advice, um, you know, as someone who's, you know, gone through a lot of struggles as a result of their autism within college, just to say, you know, you belong, you know, I mean, obviously, sometimes there's a sort of imposter syndrome when we tend to say, well, I got lucky in the leaving cert, or I got in on reduced points, or oh, I'm a mature student, no, 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 you belong, you got in to your course, you are a student, in Trinity College, Dublin. And when you say it explicitly like that, it means a lot. I know sometimes when you go about day to day, you might be like, oh yeah, whatever. But you're a student in Trinity College, Dublin. And if you are someone who maybe just can't quite get out of that rush or, you know, are really struggling with lockdown, I'd like to provide a mantra that I've always lived by. It's something my parents shared with me pretty much from the moment I could understand language. I was five by that time. I was a bit late. But uh, the mantra I've always lived by is, you know, it's not about where you start off. It's about where you end up. And um, I'm not going to say any more than that. I'd like to thank Chris, Jordan and Kieran for speaking with me today. Uh, thanks to all our listeners for listening in. And uh, happy Autism Awareness Week, guys. Thanks very much. Bye. Thanks. Bye.